0: Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. If you want to start a revolution, Philadelphia is the perfect place. This time round, chef Michael Solomonov is fronting the cause. It was as if no one ever ate Israeli food before Zahav, his acclaimed restaurant, began wowing the crowds and critics alike. Their drinks menu is equally as glorious, and bar manager Jeff Bartosh joins me today to let me in on their secrets. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Zahav?
1: Sure. Um, Zahav's a modern Israeli restaurant on the Society Hill section of Philadelphia. Um, we've been here for a little bit over eight years now.
0: Oh boy, and, I can't believe it's been so long.
1: Yeah, yeah time—you know time's flying and we're keep on somehow we keep on getting busier and busier and busier so it's it's a f- saturday night every night i know it's, it's really really hard to get a reservation mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah some um you know fridays and saturday nights now we book up two two months in advance which when oh we start taking reservations so it's definitely definitely a competitive uh reservation restaurant for sure
0: but you're just mm-hmm. not any restaurant mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. have a wonderful chef mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the chef is very famous mm-hmm. so why don't you tell us a little bit about him
1: Sure. Uh, chef Michael Salamanov. He is the uh, chef and one of the partners here at Zahav Restaurant. Um, he was born in Israel. Um, his family moved to Pittsburgh when he was about well, 12 years old. Um, went there. Went back to Israel when he was 18 years old, and he, you know, didn't have a job. He didn't speak Hebrew very well since oh he was like a little bit rusty. Um, so he basically was going like down the street trying like going to different restaurants and bakeries and trying to get a job so he wound up getting a job at a um, basically a bakery that specialized in uh, borekas, which are like baked dough sometimes filled with cheese or vegetables or what have you and you no, know, he was working there six days a week 12 15 hour days and He discovered his love for cooking, so he came back to the United States after a little bit, um, went to culinary school um, down in Florida, and then uh, after Florida, um, he had a couple family connections here in Philadelphia, so actually his first job here in Philadelphia was working at Vetri, uh, which is another very famous uh, restaurant here in Philadelphia. Um, So he worked there, um, went to a place called Marigold Kitchen, uh, that's up in West Philadelphia. Um, Still open today, it has gone through a couple different ownership changes, still a great restaurant. He was there. And then um, he wanted to open up an Israeli restaurant, so how lucky for
0: Philadelphia mm-hmm. that he managed to be here.
1: Absolutely, yeah, cause it's uh-huh. something that's unique. It kind of started. You know, there are a lot of Israeli restaurants opening around the country now, and we were like kind of the first that kind of put Israeli cuisine um, on the map here. So. Right, because
0: I lived yeah. in New York for a long mm-hmm. time from Philadelphia. I had never had mm-hmm. hummus until I went to England, mm-hmm. and it's such a big part because of the Lebanese connection. Mm-hmm. It's such a big part of British. Eating, Mm -hmm. really. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I want to say cuisine, Mm -hmm. but definitely everyone has been to a Lebanese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And until people like Michael, Mm -hmm. it didn't really exist here. Mm -hmm. Even when I lived in New York for 12 years, Mm -hmm. or 13 years, I never went out for hummus, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's really, it's kind of a new cuisine Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for America.
1: Yeah, it's like a new kind of like undiscovered kind of cuisine, too, where yeah, people ask, so what is Israeli cuisine like? Israeli cuisine is kind of like an immigrant cuisine, not unlike American cuisine, where, you know, it, Israel is a country of immigrants, and the United States is a country of immigrants, and the people that come from around the world kind of dictate what the food is. So, there, you know, I have Eastern European influence, there's other Middle Eastern influence, Northern African influence. There's influence from all over the world going to, like, such a small place. So, like, inevitably, the cultures, the food is kind of going to Come together, and we have. You no, know, there's some dishes on our menu, they might have ingredients or influences from three different countries, and that's just all on one plate. So and it's really interesting, kind of like see, like have those like avenues available to kind of travel down to influence the food. So it mm-hmm, gives us a wide range of um, flavors to work with. So basically, I have like an unlimited pantry, which is really fun.
0: And chef Michael Salamanam, mm-hmm. he also has won a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here yes. today, because mm-hmm. not only is it one of the new Israeli restaurants, mm-hmm. we're new, if you call it eight years new, mm-hmm. but he has also been named Chef of the Year, right? He's won a
1: James Beard, Beard. Award, um, won James Beard for Best mm-hmm. Chef Mid Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, he was a finalist for Outstanding mm-hmm. Chef in the entire country, so basically, just being a finalist means a top five chef in the United States. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's an honor. So he's one of the great chefs in America Mm -hmm. right now, Mm -hmm. which is really, really
0: exciting. Mm -hmm. But we're not here to talk about Mm -hmm. food. We're here to talk (laughs) about drinks. Mm -hmm. So all of that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, please tell us Mm -hmm. how that um, translates Mm -hmm. and fits Mm -hmm. into your Mm -hmm. bar menu, your cocktails and things like that.
1: Sure. So basically, you know, for a lot of people, it's kind of like a new cuisine here. So a lot of people are walking into the restaurant for the first time and you know, they've never really had this food before so even for me when I started I just started off here as a server and when I started working here it's almost like learning a new language so it takes a while like even when you start working here it kind of takes a while to like learn what everything is so like for guests walking in here for the first time like seeing all these you know, all these words all these different foods ingredients that you're not familiar with can be a little bit daunting so our service staff is amazing at kind of like guiding people through the Experience and with that part, our bar program kind of goes hand in hand. So you're having food you've never had before, so try a drink you've never had before. You know, maybe go a little bit outside of your like dirty martini comfort zone per se. So we try to do is like some fun cocktails, and you know, since it's such a food and such a chef-driven restaurant, we definitely try to. We do have a couple savory cocktails on the menu that pair that are kind of designed to pair well with the flavors that are in the food as well. so. Well, I see mm-hmm.
0: on your menu, you have mm-hmm. about a half a dozen mm-hmm. specialty cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it... Uh, well, let me say some mm-hmm. of the names, because sure. they're great names. Mm-hmm. Um, the Z&T, mm-hmm. um, Israeli Salad Martini, mm-hmm. the Marble Rye, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get to Lemonana in mm-hmm. a second, but the Sunset View. Mm-hmm. How did it come down to just these six mm-hmm. as your, um, your, I guess, starred mm-hmm. cocktails
1: Sure, we kind of, you know, we start with, like, the aluminana and the Marlborai. Those are kind of the two Zahop classics that are always on the menu. Um, the z and is a fairly new one, and that one is probably going joining that pantheon of drinks that are never going to go on the menu. So that kind of gives us three other cocktails to work with, and we're always kind of constantly changing things over. So we kind of want to have something on the menu for, like, anyone we don't want someone to walk in the restaurant, be like, oh, I don't really think I'd like any of these cocktails. So there's something, there's always going to be something that's, like, fairly approachable, not okay. too, you know, like, out there or unfamiliar um, on the menu. So take, like, the Israeli salad martini. Now, we basically have that on the menu two months out of the year. So we when it's, you know, summer now we're getting great produce from the farmer, so we have, you know, great heirloom tomatoes coming in. So what we do is we take uh, we take gin and we infuse it with heirloom tomatoes, uh, cucumbers, a little bit of parsley. Let that sit for two days, and then strain it out and like push all the juice out of the tomatoes and cucumbers and everything. So,
0: let me just clarify mm-hmm. for everyone: a Pennsylvania or New Jersey tomato mm-hmm. is different from any other tomato mm-hmm. you have ever ever had. Mm-hmm. I can say that I come to the United States mm-hmm. specifically to eat these tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So to have a gin based. Mm-hmm. With you know, combined these tomatoes, it must Mm -hmm. be insane. It must Mm be
1: fantastic. It's really great. No, it's really great, and it's one of the things where people are like leading up to it going on the menu. We usually get about five phone calls every day. Like, is Israeli salad martini on the menu yet? (laughs) Is it on the menu yet? So we have to wait until we're getting like the perfect tomatoes, and then use that season around like two months. So and
0: I wonder if Israeli tomatoes Mm -hmm. are as good. Mm -hmm. As you know, Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania to go to Israel. Maybe we'll have to take a little
1: research trip and find Uh out.
0: So that definitely is, Mm -hmm. you know, a blend of cultures. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have the gin from Mm -hmm. Britain, the Mm -hmm. tomato, you know, and but Mm -hmm. it's still the Israeli salad. Mm -hmm. Uh I love that, Mm -hmm. and the marble rye, Mm -hmm. you know, of course that harkens to the Jewish Mm -hmm. um, uh, influence, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. of you know rye bread uh in a cocktail, Mm -hmm. Um, because it says what pumpernickel and Mm -hmm. caraway infused bourbon so Mm -hmm. you've got the American and Mm
1: -hmm. the uh... and there's some uh, toasted caraway seeds in there Mm -hmm. as well a little bit of celery juice so basically the way I describe it to people in a weird way it's almost like a deli sandwich in a glass because you have the toasted bread you have the caraway seeds you have the rye yeah, you, know, you have the celery. So
0: without the really meat,
1: fun. yeah, which yes, is good. Yes, <laughs> without the mm-hmm. meat flavor. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Well, let's yes. come mm-hmm. to the lemonana mm-hmm. because I believe from my research mm-hmm. that that is the most Israeli of the drinks. Mm-hmm. And really, it's yeah. everyone. I let you tell me about what sure. lemonana means in Israel.
1: Yeah, so in Hebrew, nana means mint. So basically, it means like a lemon mint drink. Um, in Israel, it's mostly drank as a non-alcoholic drink. Um, but here, before the restaurant opened, um, Chef Michael, in um, case he went on a research trip with the opening staff, they went to Israel to kind of see what the you know, the food scene was like there eight years ago and kind of draw influence to the restaurant. And uh, they were just drinking lemonadas everywhere, so when they came back, here, were like, we have to have this on the drink menu. So mm-hmm. we had in a, um, this obviously, you know, since the opening, so before my time, but they front it, it tastes best with bourbon, so that's what we make with. Which most things with. do,
0: mm-hmm. right? Most things do taste yeah. best with yes, bourbon. I wholeheartedly
1: <laughs> agree with that. Uh-huh. Um, and we also make it um, a little secret off-the-menu thing you can ask for is to have it made with uh, Arak, which is an anise liqueur. Um, so it's kind of in the same vein as, like, a Sambuca or Ouzo, um, uh-huh. but it's only made with water, um, grapes, and anise seeds. So, it's like, it's a lot drier and zestier. Uh-huh. Um, so that really makes it oh, fun. That amazing,
0: I'll have to try that. Really, really and really look, you heard it well. here, guys. Mm-hmm. You know now that there's a secret menu. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now let's talk about you a little, sure. if that's all right. Um, mm-hmm. I saw you, you were training to be a Somalia. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So oh. I just passed the, um, the first, the intro level, I guess back in June, end of June. So I did that. I'm kind of studying, plan on taking the next the certified level um, early next year. Um, I've always loved wine, and then when I started working here, I kind of found an even like more profound um, love for it. Um, the general manager who is here, um, who is now he's a beverage director for all of our restaurants, and he's a general manager at Fisher. He's one which is the, one of your other restaurants. One of our a other restaurants, Fisher. yes, mm-hmm. up in Center City, and that's more Ashkenazi cuisine, whereas we're more Sephardic cuisine. Um, he's one of the most passionate people I've ever met as far as like wine and cocktails go, and he kind of taught me basically 80, 90% of like what I know about wine today. Mm-hmm. So he's such a passionate person and he knows so much. It's kind of daunting when hearing him talk about wine because he knows so so much. So he was a great inspiration to me and that kind of like, kind of led me on the path um, to where I am today, becoming so passionate about wine, just trying to learn about like new wines, new regions. I've obviously I didn't know anything about Israeli wine, you no, know, just like for most people I feel like when they think of Israeli wine, people are just like oh it's probably like Manischewitz or something right. like that. But <laughs> exactly. there yeah, but there are world class wines coming out of Israel, so And there's a whole
0: section mm-hmm. on your um, on your menu of mm-hmm. wines of not only Israel and Palestine, mm-hmm. but of Lebanon, Turkey and Morocco.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we try yeah. to know it's one thing's where look the wines made here, it's really, really good wine. So it's for the most part it's graced people now I know. A lot of Cabernet Chardonnay there's not a lot of Pinot Noir since it's a warmer climate there um, but a lot of like Burgundy and Bordeaux varietals um, if you will I'm um, coming out of Israel and they're really great wines and they pair obviously they pair really really well with our food so mm-hmm. It's really fun to be able to have a conversation with people and be like, "Oh, if you like a white Burgundy, I have this wine on the list you might like. If you like like something from the Rhone Valley, like a really nice meaty syrup, they make that in Israel too." And we- how open
0: are people to trying mm-hmm. new things? Do you feel the once that you got them through the door, they're mm-hmm. all
1: yours? I mean, for the most part, yeah. You know, every once I get someone who's like, "I want a California Chardonnay," I'm like, "You know, I'm sorry, I don't have that." But if you like California Chardonnay. You'll love this wine. It's from Israel. It sees a year in oak. It's got that nice kind of like rich texture that kind of California Chardonnay is better. Or worse, they're kind of known for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just like with you know the food, there's something for everyone on our food menu, and on the wine list, there's something for everyone on our wine list too.
0: And the wine list mm-hmm. I read is mm-hmm. one of the top one hundred mm-hmm. wine lists in the whole country.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a what nice a way honor. To learn. Mm-hmm. What a way
0: to learn is mm-hmm. you're learning about, mm-hmm. really, from one of mm-hmm. the best wine lists in the whole country.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I and know. it's one of those things where we just want people to try new things. So, you know, like Pinot Grigio, like Sauvignon Blanc, we might not have that, but we have something that's, like, very similar. And same thing, it's trying new food. We want people to try, like, new wines, new cocktails, new beer um, as well. Just kind of, like, make the whole experience, like, something uh-huh. unique and something that will kind of stick with someone for a very long time. And
0: speaking of the beer since you mm-hmm. brought it up, um, tell me mm-hmm. about the beer list. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, are they national or mm-hmm. international? Or
1: We both? mostly, you know, we have um there's Gold Star which is a very now, one very well-known Israeli beer. Um, we do have a supplier that we work with, so we have it in kind of like fits and starts. They get their supply, and we basically buy all of it and like run through it. So we try to keep a constant supply, but unfortunately sometimes we just uh, can't keep up with demand. Um, but so, you know, just like everything else with our beverage program, we just want beers that pair well with the food so nothing you know too heavy handy you know we're not going to have a Russian imperial style on we don't have one on the menu right now because that's mm-hmm. too rich too hearty. it's going to overpower the food that's so light and delicate that you're tasting so we have like pale ale we have saison um, we have a really nice wit beer right mm-hmm. now um, that's brewed with there's a lot of coriander um, so that okay, pairs huh. well with a lot of our food mm-hmm. um, as well so once again with you know everything on the drink side of the menu, it's about things that are going to pa- pair well with food. And since there's such a wide breadth of flavors coming out of the kitchen, I always look for whether it's a beer or making a cocktail or a wine. I'm looking for something that's going to kind of pair with a very wide range of food because I don't want – we don't want to have, like, one wine that's only going to pair really well with, like, one menu one item, like uh-huh. our roasted lamb shoulder, um, which is, like, big, rich, really beautiful – um, cut of meat. Um, you know, we. I know I've had it. <laughs>
0: it is delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. So, like,
1: you know, there are like a couple of wines that we kind of have, like, that's kind of our showcase menu item. So, we do have a couple wines like, oh, you're having lamb shoulder. This is going to go great with the lamb shoulder, but you shouldn't have it with the salad team and the hummus because it's going to be, you know, it's a big, powerful red wine that's just mm-hmm. going to blow out your palate. Um, with the South Demon Hummus, you won't be able to taste that. So it's about kind of finding wines that kind of paint a big picture Mm -hmm. and then kind of having that conversation with people too and be like, hey, if you're going to have one bottle of wine throughout your entire meal, maybe go with a Richer White or a Rosé or even like a really nice light red because that's going to kind of pair well with the widest array of flavors. So Mm -hmm. we love, you know, we just like myself, like my, the whole staff here, like we just, we just like to talk to people, kind of figure out what they like to drink and kind of give them the best recommendation that we see fixed. You know, we, you see we have a lot of really interesting wines on the menu, like, for the most part with the things from, like, Israel, Lebanon, Turkey, um, there. You no, know, That's where we get all the kind of, like, more common varietals. And then the wines that we have from, like, France or Italy or Spain, for those we kind of go, like, off the beaten path. So. They're wines that are, like, very small production. They're natural wines. They're a little bit funky. Kind of, like, a little bit, like, more, like, off the wall. So, you know, there's a lot more history there. So there's a lot more experimentation where there's, mm-hmm. in Israel, the modern wine making industry only really got started back up in the 1980s, 1990s. So it's still, young. like, a pretty, mm-hmm. it's still pretty young there. So there's not that kind of, like, level of experimentation per se there. So a lot of the Israeli wines are there much more, like, classic in style. Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, you love talking about wine. Yes, I could
1: talk for hours upon hours and hours. Well,
0: I'm getting thirsty talking about all this, so let's go make a drink. Sure. So now you know how to order lemonana the next time you're in town. Thanks to Jeff for letting us in on the secret. We're staying in the city of brotherly love to chat with our next guest, Anna Frey, proprietor of One Tipling Place. All she wanted was a great local bar in her neighborhood, so she created it herself stop by next time to discover why she's going back and forth to Mumbai all in the name of cocktails until next time bottoms up for more information and links to everything you've heard about plus a bit more please visit bestbitsworldwide.com thanks for listening to best sips worldwide a spin-off of best bits worldwide always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde All things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar.